St. Michael's, you all are a part of the heartbeat of our nation. Your local news is the same thing as the national news, and many of you did run or do run the offices that produce those national headlines. It's not something, it's something I did not fully appreciate until I moved away from home as a young adult. It also means that you are not just casually but intimately familiar with the divisions that are a part of these politics these days, that which floods our airways and our front pages. In countless ways, you all spend your hours and your days making life better for people whom you have never met. And much of what gets highlighted are the ways in which negotiations fail, campaign needs take precedence, and the system seems better suited for a time long past. Conversations about policies intended to help people seem to look past the very same people they're intended to serve. It's a difficult time to live and work in this area as bipartisanship seems to be a bygone memory and the death grip of division seems to go stronger by the day. But it grows much deeper. It goes much deeper than that. Even if we didn't live and work here and even if you were able to tune out the political turmoil of the day, it seems it would still be a difficult time to be a human. You all have lived through or witnessed some version of this next story. Almost two years into the pandemic, an extended family made the decision to gather together for Christmas. Adult siblings and their families made plans to travel to Virginia from Connecticut and Nevada. The day before the family from Connecticut was to travel, the youngest was sent home from school after a positive COVID case in her classroom. They made the decision for the mom and older siblings to travel as planned and that she would follow with her dad a few days later. The details are frankly not as important as the reality that everyone in the extended family had a different idea of what was safe and when and for whom. Young children, elderly grandparents, scared adult children, and the pressure of a holiday made for a mess of complicated circumstances. Discussions did not happen with the generosity of spirit, but with critical words and harsh circumstances. Ultimately, the family did not all spend Christmas together, but couldn't reconcile long enough to share a meal. To this day, feelings remain hurt and wounds have not healed. The last three years, we've had to completely recalibrate our risk assessment, and that has taken a toll on our closest and most important relationships. It's a difficult time to be a human because of circumstances beyond any one person's control. I could go on. This week alone boasted the three-year anniversary of George Floyd's death and the one-year anniversary of the Uvalde school shooting. It doesn't matter who you are. It's a difficult time to be a human right now if you're paying attention. And yet, once again... It seems the wisdom from the gospel and from our lectionary cycle is speaking directly and specifically to us all these years later. Pentecost, which we celebrate today, is all about how much we need one another. The story of Pentecost comes to us boasting that the full glory of God is revealed through the devout from every nation under God. See what happens there? It's not through a single person, a chosen nation, or a preferred ethnicity. All of God's people are given a glimpse into the glory of God, 
and into the holiness of one another. Pentecost is like an act of divine rebellion. I like to imagine it as God and Jesus colluding to get in one final word before the Holy Spirit took over. The Holy Spirit is commissioned to disrupt our most human instincts to classify, quantify, label, and translate. Jesus provides plenty of case studies as to how we are masters at this, and God gives a clear and final ruling, enough with that. The Holy Spirit is a part of each and every one of you. I am a part of each and every one of you and always have been. The fascinating thing is that God has been at this work since the very beginning of time. There's not just one covenant between God and humanity, but more than one because we kept misunderstanding what God intends. In one story after another, God scatters God's people to the wind and then continues to work with them, to work through them, and to love them. It's almost as if God wants us to realize that our understanding is not as important as we would have ourselves believe. I wonder what would happen if instead of striving to understand those whom we deem as different, we were to train ourselves to be curious about the ways in which the Holy Spirit is alive and working in our midst. I wonder what would happen if we were to temporarily turn off our sophisticated analytical skills and make space for the spiritual practice of curiosity that leads to awe. Father Gregory Boyle says it in this way. We think that our listening needs to produce a result, but the listening is the result. It seems these habits might be in better service of the ultimate vocation for the Christian life, which is to be a reconciling presence in the life of our neighbors. Imagine with me, if you will, two churches on either side of a busy road. Let's call one the Breakaway Conservative Congregation. They offer lively music in a large crowd of young people that include swarms of children on a weekly basis. However, the sermons have been described as shallow, and there is no discernible liturgy of which to speak. While they easily attract visitors on a regular basis, they have very few parishioners who have made a long-term commitment to the community. On the opposite side of the road is a very traditional Episcopal church. They offer beautiful liturgy and very thoughtful sermons. (laughs) Of course. The congregation doesn't have a single parishioner under the age of 50, and they are certainly lacking in anything resembling energy. It's been quite some time since they've had visitors on a Sunday morning. Now, as you might imagine, the two have historical ties to one another, but split when they were no longer able to see past their differences. And as I hope you can tell, both are worse off without the other, despite what they thought they were gaining by leaving the other behind. Whenever there is a division, it's easy to obsess about any and every characteristic that one finds offensive about the people on the other side of that division. We very easily revert to envy over the things that they have and we do not. But the truth at the heart of this division is that these two churches need one another. They they each have what the other is missing, and neither are complete alone. God gives the church absolutely everything it needs 
in the gift of the Holy Spirit. But the key to this gift is that, is that if we're not together, we cannot receive everything God has to give us. I wonder what might have happened if the disciples had not stayed together after Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. Well, I trust God would have figured something out. It also seems true that if they had gone away in pairs, the gift of the Holy Spirit would have been completely lost on them. To understand one other person speaking a different language is not nearly as powerful as a multitude of people speaking in their own languages. If we're not gathered together, we cannot receive everything that God has to give us. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is not a magic wand or a secret formula, but us. I realize this message is about as un-American and countercultural as one can get. But the divisions we've been trained to see and dutifully keep in place are all of our own making. Jesus' life and ministry were a masterclass in what it looks like to see with God's eyes, beyond boundaries, beyond borders and labels, to the very heart of one another. This year, my prayer is that God will gather us together with renewed commitment so that our curiosity might lead to awe of all that the Spirit is up to now. Amen.